Hi, welcome to MTURQ. Uh, my name is Dustin. Didn't see your press record. And my name's Cameron. With me here is Cameron. As always, they know at this point we're 80, 90 episodes deep almost. Almost 85. Almost 85. Um, and here's number 86. No, we're not at 85 yet. This is like Never 82, mind. I think. 82 or 83. Should I just do the rest of this podcast in a Casey Kasem voice? That's up to you. So we're not going to... Okay. Uh, Bill and Ted's um, Face the Music. Yes, the new Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted 3. Adventure. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but uh, got pandemic to an at-home release. Yes. Unlike the New Mutants, which is somehow, somehow only made theaters. S- made $7 million. Oh, hey, there you go. Supposedly it's terrible. I've heard terrible things. Anyways, yeah. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Now, I have Not to, terrible. I have to tell you, when I saw the first trailer, I was a little skeptical. Same. I was like, I was not skeptical. I was like, this movie's gonna be garbage. I was like, I'm skeptical. I'm less optimistic than I was. It was the prison scene that really had me like, oh crap, this Yo. looks yeah. bad. So I was, and then I saw another preview, and I was like, okay, I see kind of what they're going for. Yeah, this. like still not sure. Fathers, then, daughters, saving the past, and saving then the I, future. I read reviews when this came out Thursday, Friday, and the reviews were like. This is so much better than it had any right to be. And that is 100% true. So so what do you give a quick what what so, you watched it I did not yet. My expectations were low. I was like, "All right, let's smoke a bowl, watch Bill and Ted, have a few chuckles, but overall just be underwhelmed, unimpressed and just like, okay, cool, I watched this." Well, cuz this falls into with like a trend of like sequel movies years later that don't pan out like anchorman 2 yeah zoolander 2 dumb and dumber 2 yeah and then there was uh independence day resurgence yeah like you get these sequels to these movies and you're like from like 20 years ago like we didn't need we'll this. see what happens with the matrix i think that will be successful no matter what oh it'll be successful for sure yeah because uh even revolutions was successful and everybody so, knew that was going to be bad going into it yeah so i was very skeptical on this yeah and i figured it's just gonna be another one of those rightfully so because you want to a lot of it was Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex, Alex Winters, Winters yeah. back again. And you really like, you saw it was like maybe Alex Winters is like down on his luck and Keanu's just trying to help his buddy. And He's this like, was I like, got you. yeah, this was like the only thing they could pull. This is the only rabbit they could pull out of the hat. Um, but it doesn't play out that way, which is really nice. And that was one of my major fears into it is like, is this going to seem forced? Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to seem like it is dependent solely on nostalgia. So how is Keanu in this? Because Alex Winter, it's easy to picture him as Bill. So yeah, Alex. So Alex Winter steals the show. Really okay, cool. Like and and honestly, it is their evil versions of themselves that really are the acting spotlight. Because Ted is he's Keanu Reeves exactly like that's it's the dude just kind of has to be himself a little bit but it's just funny because now like so many people know keanu reeves as john wick killing yeah but we know but we all know keanu reeves like we all know keanu he's never there's there's people that only know him from john wick always been like natural surfer dude i don't think even though they only know him from john wick they know who keanu reeves is like maybe the legend of keanu reeves runs deep We've all known the legend of surfer bro Keanu Reeves, like 
Dracula, he couldn't do it. He oh. stills down to like Keanu Reeves. It's throughout time. Devil's Advocate. It's always like this. Oh, you know, he is the epitome. He is real life Spicoli. Was, oh, was, was that was he here? Uh, no, he is real life Spicoli, um, but not a dick. <laughs> and so okay, so what is this one about? So it's called Face the Music. So I figured it was like okay, world's ending type of stuff. Yeah, so it's essentially a rehash of the first one, kind of. It's the same thing as always. They have to create a song that unifies the world and saves it. Um, There's a basically like a time rift occurring that's like sending various historical places and things to different time periods. So Mm -hmm. like Mozart's ending up. Well, actually, they actually go and get Mozart. Uh, but so the daughters, so it's, it's that it's, they are Bill and Ted are brought into their usual shtick of having to save the world by writing the greatest song. Right. Now they have daughters who are older. They're 26, still living at home. They're effectively just like them. That's awesome. But they're musical savants. Like they know everything about music, the history of music and things like that. They're very much like Bill and Ted, but whereas Bill and Ted are, were relegated to that time period of music of like cock rock effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're taken through time to round up these special people by Carlin and, and them. This is more the daughters are using their knowledge to go through time and collect these important people. So they collect Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart. Um, oh fuck. I forget her name. A woman who wrote uh like ancient ancient japanese like f- pan flutist okay and like the the very first like it's the cave woman who's like the very first drummer oh nice and, like the greatest okay. drummer of all time the person who invented drumming <laughs> which is like the most fantastical of them all right and that's like their band they're getting together kind of like with uh what was it it's socrates abraham lincoln yeah uh, <laughs> napoleon and someone else for the wild stallions band at the end of one right which what a good name wild Stallions. wild Stallions, is perfect so you have these two storylines actually you have three storylines going which is the wife's that they bring back i think in the first one right or is that the second one that they bring back I think the girls the second one they bring from back. medieval times yeah um so there's the wife's storyline the daughter storyline and bill and ted storyline and usually with those three you'd think like oh this is going to be a fucking mess Mm -hmm. but it actually does a really good job of keeping those consolidated and the the timeline they're working with very confined and not expanding too much and getting too far out there Mm -hmm. to the unexplainable it has a loop on its time circle effectively okay that you get to see that you you get little references and things. So I don't want to spoil a lot of it because there right. are things that you out, like, yeah. as you are picking up on, you're like, Oh wow, that's so incredible. Oh, that's cool. So, and you know, there's one George Carlin reference in it and it's just a re it's like a hologram replay of his appearance in the original one where he's like, Hey dudes, you know, and all that. And it's on a like kind of museum style, the old school telephone okay. box yeah. that travels. Um, but it, <laughs> does a fantastic job of melding these three storylines and also keeping it hilarious throughout 
making good references to its past, dabbling in nostalgia, but also moving the storyline ahead and not just residing in the past, showing the advancements that these two guys in their life have been trying to do and failing and how they've been striving to write this ultimate song that saves the world for so long and they haven't been able to and they've just failed and failed and failed. Right. Um, because they've been stuck in this like arrested development essentially. And it, <laughs> it does a great job of painting that picture of arrested development of someone in their forties stuck in a time loop, essentially of the nostalgia of their past. Right. And, um, Alex Winters is probably the best in this like the two versions you get of him are fantastic and it's very surprising saying that that he kind of like steals the show right as well as the girl who plays Keanu Reeves daughter who is doing the greatest impression of Keanu Reeves you will ever see in your life <laughs> that's incredible like okay, it cool. is she is the way she talks her mannerisms and her face her facial movements is like holy shit like I don't know if she just sat with him for like a year or so, just like talking, just watching him and imitating him all the time. But it's like, I believe this is his daughter. Really? Okay. Like it's one of those where you're like, okay, this is, is this Keanu Reeves real daughter right now that like, no, it's not. Oh my God. Wow. Like, right. You're like shocked and surprised. And then it has, um, the girl who looks like Margot Robbie, Samara Weaving as a a Winter's daughter. And she's really great. Like, they do a really, really good job of imitating. And because they're girls that idolize their dads Mm -hmm. and like everything they've done musically. Because in this movie, Bill and Ted do become famous musicians and end up breaking up. And like, that's how the movie opens. It gives you the explanation of what happened to Wild Stallions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they idolize their dad as musicians and everything. And their wives are kind of like they're from the medieval times and are still a little lost and stuff. So, you know, they go through therapy and there's all this like really existential, expansive, like inward looking at, at their lives and who they are and, and the things they've gone through. But, you know, no one, they can't really talk about that because all it involved time travel and right, all this crazy all, shit. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, and it's a really good job of not being stupid humor. Okay. Like it's not dumb as you would expect from this. Cause bogus journey was kind of dumb. Like it's, well, it's a little more dark. Right. Cause you're dealing with death, but that one is like, like stupid. It's <laughs> stupid humor. And the first one is clever, but it's still kind of like campy eighties humor. This one is really like intelligent, surprisingly intelligent. Okay, cool. Up until the ending credit scene, the ending credit scene is probably like the most cheese ball thing in the film. So the the scene that you said you were kind of like was the like them and meeting the prison scene. In prison? Yeah, how does that play in the? Episode? It's actually hilarious. Okay. It was actually very hilarious, and I don't know, maybe it was like the way it was presented in that but when you actually like get the breakdown of that scene it's and that whole them going back and forth with their evil twin selves they keep doing that throughout time like Mm -hmm. going trying because they're trying to just basically like take the easy way and steal the song from themselves in the future of course (laughs) and each time they keep meeting themselves in the future it's just worse and worse and worse and worse and all this so you're just like oh my god and it's because they're basically like the evil twin versions of them that i think are in the first one Mm -hmm. so um 
no it was just it was a really nice surprise like it, it was like oh shit wow i did not expect this exactly like every review is i did not expect this to be this good huh like i really enjoyed it. i was happy that i bought it because it's 19.99 to rent and 24.99 to buy so i was like fucking five dollars more just to own it whatever like I spent the $10 on Jay and Silent Bob reboot when that came out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So it's like, I might as well just, cause that was six ninety nine to rent nine ninety nine to buy. So I'm like, okay. And that I had immediate buyer's remorse. <laughs> and these are very similar in that of like, they're these past IPs mm-hmm. that these <laughs> kind of legendary for being those things. Jay and Silent Bob, Bill and Ted kind of step back into those roles and it's it's funny in the comparisons to it because they you can draw a lot of comparisons to these two mm-hmm. and where in jay and silent bob reboot it seems kevin smith and jason muse forgot the characters they invented and played for about 25 30 years right for literally about 45 minutes of that movie that, it's yeah. they're just playing kevin smith and jason muse pretending to be jay and silent bob and and played by jason muse and and kevin smith if that makes sense like the character of kevin the character that kevin smith has become and the character that jason muse has become which is effectively like kevin smith like if you've ever watched his spoken word stuff right and then watch jason muse spoken word stuff you're like oh i see where he gets his influence from that's what that movie ended up being it's just a bunch of monologuing about like what it's been like for him to raise his daughter as well as a vehicle for his daughter to be an actress in and like a, just essentially a B role for her or just a reel for her and right. Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah. Like it, there's a lot of missteps in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It wasn't a funny movie. It wasn't enjoyable. It really, really relies on you to be nostalgic for those characters. Now this relies on you to be nostalgic for those characters but the characters at least remember who the hell they are and Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters remember and are good enough actors to from the get go. You're like, this is Bill and Ted. I remember Bill and Ted. I'm right, right. back in it with Bill and Ted. Whereas like Jane Silent Bob, it was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Oh, okay. These last 20 minutes is a Jane Silent Bob movie with Kevin Smith's daughter. Um, but it's the same tone of, fathers trying to redeem lost time with daughters mm-hmm. uh where in jay and Silent bob's scenario it's like the daughter doesn't know blah 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 this one she does know and they idolize the dad the dads but it does a really good job of playing that and like the family dynamic and that the um not resurrection revival Re- yeah yeah. Revival of a family on, gotcha. on the brink. Revival of a marriage on the brink. Like <laughs> these are dudes who are dealing with realistic troubles in a very ridiculous setting. And that's what I found very cool about it. Is it's not all just camp and relying on the past jokiness of in Kevin Smith's examples, the nineties and early two thousands. Right, all the old like this yeah, it's not the same jokes you've heard over and over again like it is new humor it is new direct direct i don't think it's new directing but it's still like it's it operates in today 
It doesn't operate in yesteryear. It's not just there for nostalgia. It realizes that you have the nostalgia for these characters and you love these characters, but it's something totally new, which okay. is really, really cool. And I would love to see more with the daughters. Like I would love to see an offshoot and then Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if this um, does really well if that's gonna be uh, like something. Kristen Shaw plays the daughter of uh of um Rufus. Oh, okay. George Carlin's character. Yeah. And I would like to see like it would be cool if it was like billy and because uh, they're essentially bill and ted too right i'm sure yeah, yeah but she's like tedonia or something and she's billy billionia or some okay. shit like that like <laughs> they have two very wild ass names i would like to see that like those those girls were really enjoyable Kristen shawl is really enjoyable i would love to see a hey we know you guys saved the world already but we need you to save the world again sorry or, we got to do it again or yeah or just redo bogus journey which i think is they have to save themselves from dying so it's it's Billy and Thea. Billy and Thea, yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah, they're Bill and Ted effectively as well. Um but no, it was just it was a great surprise, really enjoyable, worth the purchase. Awesome. Um it's like fun for the whole family. It's fun for you if you're an adult who likes not family movies. Like it's just an enjoyable movie for everyone, which is really like nice to just have to be right, able to yeah, like it's a, it's a nice change of pace yeah and it's a you know it's a new movie for right now it's something new uh which we're all yearning for which is why i was like frantically trying to figure out a way to see <laughs> new mutants for like a week or at least like three four days now mm-hmm. uh, and there's nowhere i was just not fucking nowhere no, yeah not yet um there is an outdoor showing somewhere in past at the rose bowl had an outdoor showing of it cool I'm but i don't know how, i don't know how the hell to get tickets to that and also i don't really want to drive all the way to the rose bowl for a movie that is like 54 percent rotten tomatoes less than that i think i think it's, it's dropped since it's also like 84 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so maybe I i'll do that to go see tenet but like, yeah i don't know We'll see. But yeah, no, I strongly recommend this. Um, it's just really a great time. And I didn't expect that whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I and I was really not down on it, but just like skeptical. Yeah. Hey, it's coming out in the time of Corona. We don't have a lot of new entertainment. I'm going to watch this anyways. Whatever was kind of my attitude going into it. And then during it, I'm just like, like sometimes I'll be on my phone I'll play my switch while I'm watching some of these movies. Right. And cause you know, a lot of the movies we do on here I've seen before. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It was like, you know, we just really want to talk about movies we love most of the time. Like it started as an idea of like emptying our queue and like these random things, but then it's just kind of like, no, we have alternate ideas on movies we love and we'd love to talk right. about we'd that. We'd like to argue that too. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just nice to have something new and to be able to watch it and really enjoy it and not really have any qualms about it or think it's a little too preachy or right. Ben Affleck explaining the importance of father-daughter implications <laughs> to you for like 10 minutes isn't just forced upon you at the end so you're like oh Ken- kevin smith and ben affleck are friends again right sorry to hamper on the or just like hark on the kevin smith aspect but it's there's been this push on father daughter storylines like just as kind of definitely yeah. a few movies and things here and there and that Jane Silent Bob was one of them, and this is one of them, and it's just like well, even you, like Dumb and Dumber Two, Dumb and Dumber Two, yeah. a lot of it, and even that, like I would rather watch that instead of 
Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Like oh, it was yikes. rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not to just harp on that and shit on that. I, this was a really great movie, and it's really just does really great. I hate using great over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just it's just so fun, and it's nice to have that fun in what has just been really a shit ass year. <laughs> you're right leave it to bill and ted to, yeah to which is nice yeah. yeah so yeah so get it on vod anywhere yeah it's a playstation store amazon everything and uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram just at heiferbrew uh the movie mailbag at gmail.com if you want to send in anything any emails any any hate mail love letters thoughts on the movies Kevin smith if you want to tell me i suck you can. <laughs> yeah anything like that i'll uh, send you an email right back telling you i'm a big fan but i do think that in your later career it's been i you know like you don't have friends that can just have your daughter in their movies like it just always has to be you trying to make so, her career happen so <laughs> thank you guys for listening uh and we will be back thank you nepotism man it's just terrible that's hollywood Thank you.